streaming on the rumble on the locals and the youtube i'm dave rubin this is the rubin report it's june 14th 2023 we've got a post-game show as always for subscribers if you'd like to join us at rubinreport.locals.com we take some extra questions some comments some corrections and such and uh brock one more time if i'm not mistaken we will be doing some sort of promo for annual subscribers tomorrow, including free giveaways and much more. Uh, today's program uh, will be a continuation of some of the things we've been hitting lately. Obviously, some woke stuff, obviously, some genitals being chopped off, obviously, the elderly man with dementia pretending to be president, and some other stuff. Uh, but really, it's couched around some uh, rather strange comments uh, yesterday by Mark Cuban. You guys know Mark Cuban. He's a tech billionaire. He's one of the sharks on Shark Tank. Uh, and he's kind of gone woke, or not kind of, he pretty much is woke and he's pushing woke in some of his businesses, including the Dallas Mavericks, the NBA team uh, that he owns. And what's interesting about that, it's not so interesting that a major business guy or a major tech guy is going woke, like that happens obviously way too much. Uh, but one of the guys that he sits just two or three seats away from usually on Shark Tank, is Kevin O'Leary. And we've played a bunch of clips of Kevin O'Leary. You might know him as Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank, uh, where he has gone completely anti-woke. And the reason I wanted to show you clips from both of these guys and talk a little bit about what they're doing is because uh, I have come to the conclusion that freedom, you're not going to believe this one, guys, freedom is the answer. When you have wokesters and anti-wokesters, freedom is the answer. Freedom is actually the answer to all authoritarian uh, movements. Capitalism and the ability to spend money in certain places that are in line with your values or not spend money buying Bud Light or going to Target, et cetera, et cetera, possibly going to a Dallas Mavericks game, whatever it might be. That gives you the power. That is the beauty of freedom and we better exercise it while we still have uh, the ability to use it in the United States of America, as it does seem like it's hanging on by a tenuous thread. Before we get to all of that, let me talk to you guys about EnviroCleanse. Guys, if all home air purifiers are the same, then why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify air on board our Navy ships? Why is it used in thousands of classrooms across the country? Well, here's a couple reasons why. EnviroCleanse's air purifiers have patented earth mineral technology and a hospital-grade HEPA filter. They also destroy cold and flu viruses, COVID, allergy, inflaming toxins, mold, and even more. So here's EnviroCleanse's promise to you. They guarantee you'll experience far fewer colds and allergies coupled with a better sleep at night. Don't believe them? They'll send you a free air quality monitor to test the difference in your home. Visit ekpure.com, use code DAVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home air purification unit and free air quality monitor, plus fast free shipping. That's $100 in savings. That's ekpure.com, code DAVE, ekpure.com code DAVE. And now back to me. I don't know if you can see this on my shirt today, but these are little sailboats, little sailboats on my shirt. Maybe we'll go sailing after the show today. You know what I mean? A little Ruben Report team building exercise. You're going to be on the starboard side. And what's the other side? Port. Thank you. We're gonna, he's going to be on the, and then you're going to wear something with a rope. It's going to be a whole thing. All right. Let's start with this Mark Cuban guy. Uh, here is a tweet from Mythinformed Think showing you a little bit of what Mark Cuban has been up to. The first is a headline from Fortune magazine. Shark Tank billionaire Mark Cuban backs Bud Light over transgender controversy. It's good business. That's the quote. And then what you're seeing uh, on the other side of that is a tweet from the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Cuban is the owner of the NBA professional basketball team, the Dallas Mavericks. Spread love, happy Pride Month. And they've got the rainbow flag and all the stuff in there. There's the trans flag, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, as you guys know, I've said this many times, when, when they are showing you this flag, whether this flag is hanging on the White House, whether it is hanging outside the Prime Minister's office in Canada, whether it's all over every 
freaking governmental building in Brussels and everywhere that the EU has an outpost and everything else, you must understand that the trans flag represents a political ideology, not a sexuality. A sexuality doesn't really need a flag, okay? Nobody cares. Oh, you're a dude and you're married to a dude? Okay, good luck, enjoy, have fun. Uh, but this is something very different, which is why they are taking down flags that actually do represent something. The Canadian flag represents something. The American flag represents freedom and individual liberty and equality. The trans flag represents equity. The trans flag actually represents racism, if you think about it, because for many years, the gays used the regular rainbow, right? The old-fashioned rainbow. You know what happened yesterday? We were walking with the kids yesterday. You know, it rains a lot in Florida, just randomly. You'll get like 20 minutes of rain on a beautiful day. Suddenly, all hell breaks loose. There was a beautiful, beautiful rainbow yesterday, just down the block. And I was going to take a picture of it and post it. And then I thought, people will hate me if I put up the rainbow. You see, these people have ruined the rainbow. There's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. There used to be, there, you know what there used to be? There used to be a leprechaun at the end of the rainbow. Now there is some weirdo trans drag queen twerking in front of a child, okay? That's what there is now. Anyway, the rainbow has been destroyed, but when they put the colors, so they had the original rainbow, and then they put the trans colors, the brown and the triangle and blah, blah, and then they made it racial. They made it racial because they want this all obviously to be about equity when they have lined you up in your collective boxes. You're a black lesbian. You're a Latino gay guy. So you're a little bit lower than her. You're both above the white gay guy. We'll throw a white lesbian. She's a little bit lower than the white. It's all idiotic. You got it. But Mark Cuban is going in on this nonsense. It's, it's really hard to believe. Here's a quote from Fox News. Uh, in an interview with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on Sunday, the Dallas Mavericks owner spoke about the ongoing backlash against companies like Anheuser-Busch and the Target Corporation for promoting LGBTQ plus ideologies in their brands. Since promoting what many consider woke agendas, both companies have suffered massive losses worth billions of dollars. While experts and industry insiders have suggested that invoking politics led to the downturn, Cuban insisted that embracing wokeness is a positive trait. There is a reason almost all the top 10 market cap companies in the U.S. can be considered woke. It's good business, he said, Cuban explained. Uh, most CEOs have enough experience to know just to wait out the news cycle until they go to the next one. I have to say, I, I am completely, Mark Cuban, sometimes he kind of gets it, sometimes he doesn't. I've had some exchanges with him perfectly fine on, on Twitter over the years. Um, I think we've emailed once or twice about some business ideas, like, so I don't want to make this about attacking the guy himself. But he seems extremely confused about something here because by going woke, these yes, there was a period where all the companies went woke, right? And you open, you turned on PlayStation, and it was showing you a Black Lives Matter logo, or they were literally giving you. I remember this. I don't, I don't even use PlayStation that much, but at the beginning of COVID, when we were all trapped at home, I was like, I'm going to play PlayStation with my 12 year old cousin across the country, and they they gave us a free BLM like I don't even know what you call it, like a wallpaper, so that you could have the big black fist staring at you when you open up your PlayStation, right? All these companies went woke. The question is, is it doing good or bad for the companies? If you ask Disney, as they've watched their market uh, share collapse, I assume Disney would say bad. If you asked Anheuser-Busch, it's not only Bud Light, it's several of their other beers now, and the market value has gone down again, billions of dollars, as he referenced. Target now, billions of dollars. Like, we're seeing this all over the place. There was a real pushback. All of the woke movies that are coming out are struggling. What, what was the big movie of last year? It was Top Gun. It was basically the, the only movie that was non-woke. So it's a little bizarre that Mark Cuban doesn't see that. Uh, but, uh, and I think this might be really where it's coming from with Mark Cuban, you know, these giant corporations have signed on to ESG, these ideas that we're going to push certain social agendas into the lives of people through banking and through corporate pressure, et cetera, et cetera. So he may just be protecting his ass, right? He has many, many businesses and he may be just signaling to the powers that be, oh, don't worry, I'm still woke. So uh, you don't have to worry. I, I, my guys are all gonna have ESG. We're gonna have diversity, equity, and inclusion departments and everything else. Of course, Mark Cuban is a uh, billionaire white 
straight guy. Uh, so I assume his head will be on the chopping block soon enough. But in any event, okay, maybe he's just off on this a little bit. Let's jump to the guy who sits two or three chairs away from him over on Shark Tank, uh, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. We played this clip for you a couple weeks ago and just listen to how stark the difference between what I just read you from Mark Cuban and what Kevin O'Leary is talking about right here. Well, Bud Light um, has become the poster boy for brand mismanagement from multiple perspectives. So let, let me lay it out for you because these the discussions that have arisen and the narrative that's arisen around Bud Light is probably a good lesson for every CEO in every sector of the economy. Number one, it highlights the power of social media. This this issue went viral in 48 hours. Yeah. And most often when an issue goes viral like that, it burns out in another 48 hours. But that's not what happened here. The story and narrative changed to sales. And so people that did not like the message, regardless of where you stand on these social issues or gender narrative or whatever, they took it out by basically boycotting the product mm. immediately yeah. and switching preference to other brands that did not make them get involved in this issue. Now, if you're trying to manage that and trying to learn something from it, and I certainly talked to all my CEOs about this because here we are talking about it in its second month. Yeah. This is a nightmare from hell for the brand. So when you go into gender narrative on a beer, which is primarily consumed by men, maybe you should have thought a little bit about that in reading that room. Maybe you should say, well, does this really fit my consumer's psyche? I, I don't know how much commentary I have to add to that. I mean, you just have to think for yourself, which one of those guys is making more sense on this? Which one seems more legit on this? Kevin O'Leary clearly lays out Bud Light, beer. It was for men. Why go and change the demographic you're going for and try to involve trans people in this, women, men, whatever you want to call them, blah, 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 target with the tucking stuff. Like you are going against your core base. Now it's funny, uh, just a second ago, I was kind of joking. It was true. But years ago when I fired up PlayStation during COVID and I'm playing gauntlet with my 12 year old nephew, uh, in New York online, uh, they were showing BLM fists and all this stuff. Connor just said to me, do we have a screenshot of it, of what's going on on PlayStation right now? He just took this screenshot. So this is like when you open up PlayStation.com or when you open it, yeah. So if you go to PlayStation.com right now, what does that say there? Great LGBTQI plus games. What the hell is a LGBTQI plus game? Why would gay people need different video games? What would that be even? Like gay Super Mario Brothers? Like Mario's like, Luigi, what are you doing over there to Bowser? That was pretty good, Mario. Come on, that was right off the top. Look, why are you doing that to him? You're supposed to jump over him. <laughs> um, anyway, the point is they're jamming this stuff. Luigi, they're jamming this stuff down our throat. Look, all right, guys, who else is telling us to cool off on the woke? Uh, well, there are po prominent politicians, too, and that's why you have to watch out for this. Some of them are even Republican politicians. We'll get to that in just a sec, but I want to talk to you about Oldegarda Pet Company. I'm going to voice the next Mario. I like it. Guys, let's talk about uh, Olgar Pet Company for a sec. Don't all dog food companies want the best? Do all dog food companies want the best for your dog? No, not really. Pet food companies are pushing trendy ingredients and expensive recipes like fresh and raw. But are they better? No. In fact, most of them have proven health benefits for your dog. Also, watch as these dog food companies release bug and vegan recipes. It'll show you where their priorities really are. If you don't want to compromise on high quality ingredients and want science-backed recipes, real proven science, not Fauci science, get Old Guard. It's the only pet food company founded and run by a PhD in vet, uh, pet nutrition with quality ingredients like real chicken, egg, fish oil, and probiotics. Old Guard's recipes are perfectly balanced 
with guaranteed health benefits and a taste your dog will love. Clyde is loving this stuff. Everything, including their resealable bags are made right here in the United States. So go over to oldguardpetco.com, subscribe today and get it delivered right to your door using code Dave for a discount. With Old Guard, you don't have to compromise ingredient quality, your dog's health or your traditional American values. Buy from a company that puts your dog first. And now back to me. So, all right, who else is uh, fighting seemingly on the wrong side of uh, this woke issue, right? So Kevin O'Leary is fighting on the right side. And it's not even its not even that I think he cares about the gender stuff or that he cares about the race stuff that much. Like he cares about making money. The guy just loves money, right? Mr. Wonderful, he loves money. He loves his little deals where he buys a portion of your company and he gets a licensing fee. That's what he loves. And in the quest for going for money and capitalism and all of those things, he wants to do what's best for the consumer, which because ultimately that will bring them back. It's best for the company, the shareholders, the owner, et cetera, et cetera. Mark Cuban is taking a different approach, but it's not just Mark Cuban. This is a really wild uh, little clip that we're gonna show you right now. Paul Ryan was on CBS News the other day. Now, Paul Ryan, at one time, if you remember, about a decade ago, you know, when Mitt Romney ran for president, Paul Ryan was his VP. Paul Ryan was thought to be the future of the Republican Party. It was really this limited government, low tax situation. He was very much out of the sort of Ayn Rand school of thinking. And he, he's often discussed how the Fountainhead and books like that from Ayn Rand were, were really his formative things. There's a lot of things about Paul Ryan in terms of small, limited government and individual rights that make sense. Uh, but one of the things that's been interesting about the, the lore of Paul Ryan over the last couple of years is as he's gotten out of politics and, and largely become irrelevant, the only reason he's been dragged back in in many ways is because Donald Trump, who over the years, we've shown you the video, has lauded him as wonderful and what a great friend and everything else, has repeatedly said that uh, Ron DeSantis is good buddies with Paul Ryan and that Paul Ryan's taking advice, or that Ron DeSantis is taking advice from Paul Ryan. It's simply not true. We have the video from uh, a week or two ago where Ron DeSantis said he's only spoke to Paul Ryan once in his entire life, and I think it wasn't even since he's been governor. Anyway, Paul Ryan was on CBS News pushing back against Republicans who are fighting the woke. This is rather confusing. Take a look. Can I get your thoughts on that movement just quickly? I know we have to go, but Republican lawmakers around the country are pushing legislation when it comes to banning books. Um, it could be trans rights, call it anti-woke, or however you want to label it. Is that a good approach, a good strategy? You're a football fan. Is that the way you should approach it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a culture war guy. Uh, I think it's really polarizing. Look, I, on some of these issues, I'll side uh, you know, with the anti-woke crowd, but to me, I'm worried about a debt crisis. I'm worried about you know, the future of our country and, and China. There are big policy problems that we need to tackle if we want to have a great 21st century for this country. Um, my work at AEI Notre Dame and my Poverty Foundation is all about poverty and upward mobility. You know, what I worry about are the big policy challenges that are going unresolved or made worse by Joe Biden. So that's why I want to win this election so we can actually fix these big policy problems. Yeah. Cultural war politics is good primary election politics. It's very divisive, but it's effective politics. It's effective politics, I'll grant you that. But for me, I'm an old Jack Kemp guy. I believe in inclusive, aspirational politics, solve problems. We got we got huge problems. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what we got a debt crisis saying, coming. Saying, so we got to get on top of that. Saying, no, neither Biden that. or Trump are good on this issues. Guys, you got to understand. He sounds old and irrelevant and sort of flaccid, and that's exactly why they're putting him on CBS News as a Republican. First off, the host there, uh, the young fellow, I don't know his name, uh, he talked about how the Republicans are banning books and going after trans rights. Again, Republicans are not banning books. If you wanna see what the one book that has been banned in Florida from certain school districts, and it's up to the school district, it's called This Book is Gay, and it literally teaches young children how to have gay sex. If you think that that should be in a school, uh, an elementary school, then the problem really is you, certainly not Ron DeSantis or the school administrators or any parent who doesn't want their kid to read about that. You may remember that at one point, Ron DeSantis was giving a press conference about the book itself and he opened up the book and showed it to the cameras and local news had to cut away because they're not allowed to show sex at 12 in the afternoon, okay? So maybe it shouldn't be being taught in school. But he says he said something else there that I think really captures it. I'm not a culture war guy. I'm not a culture war guy. Isn't that interesting? Because the culture war is coming for you, whether you like it or not. 
Doesn't he understand that? Paul Ryan, the culture war is coming for your kids. I, I don't know if you're, I assume your kids go to private school and it's probably a pretty elite private school, uh, but your neighbor's kids probably go to a public school. And if wokeism is being taught there and your kids happen to, your, your uh, neighbor's kids happen to be white or they happen to be straight and they're taught that they're bad because they're white or they're not actually straight or their genitals don't match. It's like sitting out the culture war doesn't mean the culture war doesn't exist. So he's completely wrong. It's good for primary politics, but I care about China. Uh, you can do two things at once, right? You can walk and carry a, a glass of water at the same time. Like it's such weak, pathetic, flaccid politics that I think people are sick of. It's by the way, it's why people like Donald Trump because he's fought this stuff. It's why people like Ron DeSantis. It's why you're no longer in politics. But the point is he then gets on CBS to, to push this stuff because he's a, what do I call it? It's always a pet Republican. Oh, you'll say exactly what you, oh, don't really fight against the dem crazy Democrats and all that stuff. No, 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 you get a cookie, you get a cookie. Uh, Kira Davis, who's been on the show once or twice on panels over the years, uh, had a nice tweet about that. She retweeted the clip we just showed you. She wrote, the I'm not a culture war guy strategy is exactly how we got into this mess in the first place. You don't get to say you're above the war while you're sitting right in the middle of the battlefield on national television, a significant cultural front. Please sashay away, Paul. And she's totally right. And again, you just have to understand how these shows operate. You have a host there who lied about anti-trans laws and book bannings and everything else. Nobody addresses that, right? Like, like it wouldn't the principled position have been if Paul Ryan was principled, the principled position would have been, uh, actually, could you tell me what, before I get into it, I'm not, I'm not much of a culture war guy myself. You know, I'm above the culture war. I'm into low taxes, but could you just tell me what books have been banned? Could you, could you maybe show me one? Or could you tell me what right has been taken away from a trans person? Oh, that hasn't really happened. Like he knows that, but he's there to behave. That is how the freaking thing works. Uh, it was nice to see this clip. Uh, this is from Fox News. Uh, Marco Rubio, who's my senator right here, and I've, I've done some events with uh, Senator Rubio. I, li I like him a lot. We've had him on the show a bunch of times, uh, but he doesn't get much national fanfare these days. I think he's kind of laying, he's been laying a little bit low for, for one reason or another. Um, but he did get on Fox and I think he made a, a, a completely clear and cogent point about what is going on here. You know, we showed you the video from two or three days ago at the White House. They had this dude who, who is in women's body, plastic boobs and the whole thing running around topless. And uh, Marco Ruby addressed that and connected it to uh, some other things happening in the world right now. We can, we can undertake a cultural hysteria a ridiculous cultural hysteria that plays out. We had a lady or a man uh, that now claims to be a lady, you know, going topless at the White House two days ago at a, at a pride celebration thing. I mean, we can do whatever we want. We can be as decadent as we want in our society and our culture. We can break our politics. We can take our institution and weaponize them for political purposes on both sides. We're decadent and we're in decline because we are, we thought we could do anything we wanted with our economy. We could send our jobs and factories overseas break our politics, break our culture, break our society. We don't need parents. We don't need neighborhood. We don't need family anymore. All these crazy ideas. And now reality's catching up and it's hurting us badly. And today is frankly just a symptom of a much bigger problem, which we talk about here. And that is we no longer live in that. He's right. We thought we could do anything we want, right? And he's connecting that to, we thought we could do anything we want. We thought boys could be girls. We thought we could do anything we want. We thought we could print money endlessly. We thought we could do anything we want. We could have military adventures all over the world. Now reality is setting in and we're looking around and going, boy, people are depressed. Boy, our economy is crashing. Boy, we're in wars that make no sense. We've got dudes in chick outfits showing their tits. <laughs> Did we just get demonetized? Can you say tits? I should have said boobs. I should, boobs is not going to get you demonetized. Tits, it's 50-50. Anyway, doesn't matter. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um... The point of all of this, guys, is that some people want to fight and the people that want to fight, whether they're Ron DeSantis, whether they're Kevin O'Leary, whether in this case they're Marco Rubio, whether it's you or me, like we must fight together. And then there'll be a whole bunch of people who will kind of just wave the flag, even though they're not insane. Like I'm not like Mark Cuban is not a crazy whacked out lefty, right? Paul Ryan is not a crazy whacked out lefty but they will just wave the flag. And we have to say, no, 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 you're no longer helping. We have to treat them. We actually should treat them the way the mainstream media treats them. Oh, you can come on our shows and we'll pet you on the head and give you a cookie and that's it. But, but you are not helping us 
fight. You are actually not doing anything about this. I'm not a culture war guy, really, because the barbarians are at the gate. They're about to break down the door and you're debating what gender pronouns they are. This is a problem. This is a problem. So the point is, guys, if we don't fight against this woke culture and this, this never-ending lunacy, uh, it will keep spreading. And it, guess what? It is continually spreading. Uh, there was a question at the White House press conference yesterday, cringe Jean-Pierre at the podium. Uh, she was asked uh, about the pride flag hanging at the White House, if that violates U.S. flag code. There's been some criticism also of um, the White House, the flag placement, the pride flag violating the U.S. flag code. Did anybody notice that or, or fail to notice that or was it a, a, an intentional statement? Can you just explain what happened. So the administration was proud again uh, to display uh, the pride uh, flag. Uh, it was a historic event at the White House. Uh, it's centered around the love uh, around love and family, and I think that's important. And uh, so, you know, we're not going to, to let anyone distract us from that. What was the meaning of the day? What was a, a, the meaning of having families here and to celebrate a community? I'm certainly not gonna get into protocols from here or uh, I'll leave that to others. And so, uh, you know, we're proud of this historic event that we were able uh, to put together uh, here on the South Lawn for our families. And uh, so I'll leave it there. I'm telling you guys, I really admire her ability to just say words with no meaning in that Kamala-esque sort of way. She says it's about love and family, okay, but that doesn't address whether it was a violation of the flag code, which actually is a law. Uh, and she says, I'm not going to get into protocols up here. Well, then what the high hell are you doing? I'm not going to get into protocol. I'm not going to answer questions up here. Who do you think I am? The White House press secretary? Let, let's show the, the image from the White House. What you're seeing there is the radical leftist communist trans flag in between. So it is centered in between the two American flags. Uh, there's several uh, pieces to the U.S. flag code, but one of them is that the United States flag is supposed to be in the center. So yes, it was a violation of the U.S. flag code. You may not think that's a big deal or anything else, but when she's asked directly about that in and of itself, she can't, it's about, it's about love and families and all of it. I wonder how many of those drag queens have really functional families. I'd love to know. I'd really love to know. The guy who's a girl running around with his boobs out there, does he have a, a family? Like what? I, it's so insane. It's so insane. But it continued. Uh, ETWN's Owen Jensen asked cringe Jean-Pierre what she thinks about guys competing in women's sports. What would the president say to parents out there who have daughters, uh, let's say from high school, for example, who are worried that their daughter may have to compete against a male, a, a, a person born male, and, they, and there could be directly in physical athletic competition and worry about their daughter's safety? So look, uh, I'm, what you're alluding to is basically saying that transgender kids are dangerous it sounds like that's what you're saying well you're saying you you're saying that their safety is at, is in, is is at risk yeah but you're 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 laying out a broad kind of broad example or explanation of what could potentially happen a broad a broad example explanation that is dangerous that is a dangerous thing to say that essentially transgender kids we're talking about are dangerous. And so that's something that I have to call out. And that is, that is, that is, that is irresponsible. God, she's, she's, hold on. I want you all to think about what she is. I'm, I'm going to pause for five seconds here. I'm going to think about a couple things, couple choice words for her. I already said tits, so we're screwed today anyway. I could probably just go ahead and do it. Here, five seconds. Think of a couple adjectives for her. Oh, I had a good one. It wasn't the one you're thinking, but it was a good one. Um, look, trans kids, a boy who pretends he's a girl and then wrestles a 15-year-old girl to the ground and crushes her and breaks her skull, this is a problem. Leah Thomas, who is a dude with a penis, which he uses as a propeller to beat girls in swimming, is a problem. The trans movement is radically anti-girl. It is radically anti-gay because most of the boys that are transitioning are probably just gay boys and most of the girls who are transitioning are probably just gay girls and some of them are neither of those. 
these people are never going to stop. They ha- even the way that the that that was CBS News, the headline that you saw on the bottom, and it was about anti-trans legislation. Again, there is no anti-trans legislation. There is legislation to stop mutilating children. And I, as I said yesterday, I'm fairly certain if there was a massive mainstream movement by white Christians to genel- to mutilate the genitals of children, I'm fairly certain all these people would be against it. You got it. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I'm not kidding. I, I may throw on a wig and a dress, little lipstick. We've got some around here somewhere. And I'm going to join the WNBA. I am 40. I'm going to be 47 in 10 days. Okay. I am, will be a 47 year old dude with a torn ACL in my left knee. I wear three braces. I put the ace bandage. I got a sleeve and the, the metal thing. And I'm going to get out there and I'm going to be the, the, the NBA, the WNBA MVP. I, I know I could score double digits for sure, in a WNBA game. I can still shoot. I got a finger roll. You know, it's all there. Finger roll, lesbians. <laughs> anyway, it gets crazier, people. Uh, in California, we mentioned this the other day, they literally, and I mean this literally, they literally want to pass legislation that if you, as a parent, do not affirm the gender identity of your child, say your seven-year-old who comes home and he's a boy, but he likes Barbie, and he suddenly says he's a girl, uh, they might... Let the state take your child away. Yes, this is real. Here is California Representative Lori Wilson pushing AB 957, which if Republicans and the rest of us were smart, right, when they called HB 1557, don't say gay, we should be calling AB 957 Democrats are fucking lunatics, Bill. That's another one that would be possible. But anyway, listen to her in her own words on what they want to do to these kids. So this particular bill adds the very important factor that affirming a child's gender identity is in their best interest, which is what your question is about. Why does it get why does it actually say that in a, an affirmative way? And it really is because if you have a seven-year-old who's who's talking about having a potential to say, I being able to articulate that they believe that they are not the same gender. Um, as they are biologically, then it should be affirmed. And through care, it should be determined. And that's what we did with our own child. And that would give the ability for a parent who wasn't sure to affirm and get their child the care that they need to make that, so they can begin to articulate that determination. But by saying and rejecting it in wholesale, then you're essentially rejecting your child. And that is not in the best interest of a child. We should be affirming our children in every possible way and getting them whatever appropriate care they need, whether it's based on their gender, whether it's based on how their um, studies are in school. It doesn't matter. Our children should be affirmed. And this is saying that you have to include gender affirmation as a part of Lady, who the hell do you think you are? You think that if someone else's seven-year-old child is a little confused about their gender, that somehow the government should be allowed to come in and take their child away from them and then mutilate their genitals. You are an effing lunatic. All of you people are lunatics. And if you are watching this and you live in California and you have small children, you must leave. And if you do not, one day they're gonna come knocking on your door for one reason or another. They'll have already taken all your money. You'll have meth addicts out in, the, in your front yard. You, we, the whole freaking place will be on fire, but maybe you will wake up when they literally take your child away from you. They never stop and they are not going to stop there. That line, it should be affirmed. She said, just like my child. So shocker, shocker, her child is trans. Her child is trans. And now she wants everyone else's child to be trans. You know, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. What we're seeing really, it's not a outbreak of trans children. It's an outbreak of middle-aged, basically mentally compromised women like her. They, they usually happen to be white women. She happens to be black. I don't really care about the racial element of it, but a bunch of sort of spiritually devoid 30, let's say 25 to you know child rearing age, 45 year old uh, women who are want to be liked so badly that they'll chop their kids' genitals off and then push that other people should do it too. It's absolutely insane. But the next version of all of this that we are going to see more and more of, and we've seen quite a bit of it already, 
is that the more anti-woke you go, the more that you push against this, say, especially in an effective way, so the, which is why there's been so many attacks on DeSantis, right? Nobody's been more effective at fighting this stuff than him. The more that you do it, the more they will try to deplatform you altogether. So this is sort of like Trump. They've removed him from all the social media stuff. Uh, but watch what happened yesterday. So as you know, Trump uh, was arraigned here in Miami yesterday uh, at this federal courthouse. And uh, CNN was covering it, I so to, uh, so to speak. Here is Democrat activist Jake Tapper, and he had far-left lunatic AOC on uh, as uh, Trump was coming out after the arraignment and giving a speech. And listen to the way they frame this. We, um, we do have now some of the sound, as I told you, we're not, and the audience, we're not carrying his remarks live because, frankly, he says a lot of things uh, that are not true and sometimes potentially dangerous. Yeah, look at CNN. They're so principled, these guys. They're not going to show anything that's not true. They're not just going to let the president speak in his own words without selectively editing it. That's what it's really about, right? Because they don't have a problem talking about Trump all day long. Remember that clip from like two weeks ago? Somebody somebody actually counted, and it was like from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. They mentioned Trump 440 times. So they have no problem talking about Trump. They have no problem selectively editing videos of Trump. But they can't just put Trump up there to speak because he might say something not true. Now, of course, the irony of this is that he's sitting across from AOC and it took us negative seven seconds to find something untrue that AOC did. Remember this during the Jesse Smollett hoax? This is what she wrote. There is no such thing as racially charged. This attack was not possibly homophobic. It was a racist and homophobic attack. If you don't like what is happening to our country, then work to change it. It's no one's job to water down or sugarcoat the rise of hate crimes. And what she was quote tweeting there was breaking. Jesse Smollett has been hospitalized in Chicago after a possible homophobic and racially charged attack. Everything she said there was a complete lie. The whole thing turned out to be a hoax. It wasn't just her that pushed that hoax. It was everyone on CNN, including Jake Tapper. Uh, it was Kamala Harris. It was Nancy Pelosi. It was Chuck Schumer, et cetera, et cetera. Jake Tapper, who's also lied about everything from COVID and Russia hoax, et cetera, et cetera. It's like the irony. It's, it's not even irony, the gall. It's the gall that these people have. We can't show Donald Trump unedited. He might say something untrue. We're supposed to be the people saying something untrue. But it ain't just happening with CNN and Jake Tapper. Here is the televised mental institution of MSNBC with Rachel Maddow. And she also, she's not going to have it. We can't spread misinformation on MSNBC. I need to say that former President Trump has just started uh, making public remarks, just as he did on the evening of his first arraignment on criminal charges. That was April when he was booked on 34 felony counts brought by the state of New York. Now, tonight, after his arraignment on federal felony charges, he's speaking again, this time to an audience of his supporters that's gathered for a, a campaign fundraiser tonight at his, his golf club and summer home in New Jersey. Um, we knew heading into this that he was planning to make these remarks. We are prepared for his pre-fundraiser remarks tonight to again be essentially a Trump campaign speech. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live. Um, as we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast untrue things. We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations, no matter who says them. Guys, guys, no matter who says them, there is a cost to them broadcasting on MSNBC untrue things. Instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. 
everything she just said there was a complete lie. Note at the exact same time that that was happening, I did not lie about it. I did not make up anything about it. I did not push anyone to get vaccinated or anything else. She completely lied. So she's okay with lies and she did not get punished for that lie. And no one at MSNBC or CNN or the CDC or anywhere else, the NIH was fired over their lies, right? Anthony Fauci retired with his 400 plus K a year retirement package, highest paid guy in the federal government. They lie and lie and lie. But I have to say, uh, it's not often that I say something nice about the people at MSNBC, but they made my job so easy today. She made my job so easy today. Can we send her a fruit basket? One of those nice fruit arrangements, you know what I'm talking about, where they, the whole fruit thing. It looks like flowers, but it's actually fruit. Yeah, edible arrangements, thank you. That's what we're gonna send her today. Yeah, <laughs> with a giant syringe in there. We're not gonna tell you what's in the syringe. Anyway, guys, the point is, the mainstream media, they will deplatform de the dissidents of woke. They will lie about the people who are fighting back against it. And they will also uh, slander uh, the people that are fighting this nonsense. Let's do one more with Rachel Maddow since we're sending her this delicious edible arrangements later today. Uh, here she is comparing me, you, and the rest of us to 1930s fascists. The aftermath of their successful version of January 6th, when the center-left government was blocked from taking power, they put in this pro-fascist body instead, there was another really interesting reaction in the sort of just the first few years after that happened, which is that all of the people on the left and all the people in the center who had had all sorts of differences with each other, who were always fighting each other like cats and dogs, finally realized like, oh wait, actually there's an authoritarian fascist threat that wants to destroy yeah. all of us. Yeah. Let's put aside our differences, form a big, anti-fascist coalition government where we everything else that, dis, that we disagree on is less important than us standing against fascism and us standing for democracy, and they do. And that, that sense of perspective they got from that brush with democratic death um, is also, I think, something that resonates. I mean, it's something to think about in terms of what the effect is of rising authoritarian and pro-fascist movements in democracies around the world, including our Guys, when you think about rising authoritarianism, you know what I would call rising authoritarianism? When the government knocks on your door and says, we're taking your kid because your kid is a dude, even though her name is Rachel. That seems a little authoritarianism-y to me, okay? Authoritarianism would be locking people in their homes. It would be shutting down people's bank accounts. It would be forcing people to be injected with things and then telling them it's good for them even though you have no fucking clue. You are the fascist lady. You people are all the fascists. You work at a giant organization, NBC News, that pays you to lie and defend the government, right? So that is a corporation and the government like this that's the F word, that's fascism. And yet you have the gall, again, gall's the word of the day here. You have the gall to call the people who are saying, oh, we believe in individual rights, we believe in reality and biology, we just want low taxes and stay out of our life and please leave us alone. And yeah, you're a freak, but could you just do it on your side of the fence? Oh no, actually speaking of fences, could we also have a border so we actually have a country? And you're calling those people the fascists. Fascism, people. They will come for you, they will deplatform you, they will lie about you, and it's not just corporate press and the, and the political establishment that will do it. Of course, it is big tech and it is big business, as you know. Uh, one of the other interesting things related to big tech the last couple days is this started a few weeks ago. You may remember uh, when the Daily Wire guys, they put out Matt Walsh's documentary, it's called What is a Woman? And it was framed as this anti-trans diatribe and Matt Walsh wants to stop the trans people. All it was was literally Matt Walsh wandering around and talking to experts and regular people and just asking them to say what a woman is. And people could not do it. It's quite a good movie. Uh, because of that, uh, they've been getting a whole bunch of strikes across their channels on YouTube and more. We've got a bit from the Daily Wire right here. Uh, Daily Wire's co-CEO, Jeremy Boring, called out YouTube in a Twitter thread on Sunday, revealing a series of violations leveled against his company's shows that he cast as a betrayal of the video platform's stated commitment to open debate. 
In just the last 90 days, Boring said, accounts associated with the Daily Wire have received 104 violations for hateful and derogatory content, mainly directed at commentary around transgender issues. There have been more than 200 violations in the past few months, he added. Penalties include Walsh being demonetized last month, Owens and Knowles being suspended for seven days after receiving a second strike, and Peterson, Jordan Peterson, getting his first strike. Three strikes in 90 days and an account gets deleted, Boring noted. During discussions with YouTube, Boring said the video platform's policy team claims they want to be a place where we can debate the issue, but virtually every time we discuss it, we receive these violations. Yet we are on the verge of losing access to the platform, Boring warned. So what's interesting about the, without getting too under the hood on, on uh, YouTube's policies related to all of this, Brock, correct me if I'm wrong or Connor, if you get one strike, you can still live stream or is one strike and you're out on the live streaming? One strike, you can't live stream for a week. Okay, so for one strike, you can't live stream for a week. So they put you in the penalty box for a week. If you get two, two strikes, you, can't live stream at all. you cannot live stream at all. And three, three strikes and your channel is just blown up altogether. Do you see, ladies and gentlemen, why I started Locals.com and why we merged with Rumble and why I hope most of you are watching this live stream on Rumble right now? I'm very happy to report that well, our numbers across the board have been unbelievable. Like They're just growing and growing and growing. Uh, but I'm always particularly happy when I see the Rumble numbers growing and the Locals numbers growing because that is our future. Whether it is because I said tits instead of boobs or I called Leah Thomas a guy or, or just any of the things. I can't sit here and do a show that I do 99% off the top of my head, constantly being worried about pronouns and, and the rest of the policing, especially because we know that the people doing the policing, whether it came to election engineering questions or whether it came to the COVID stuff and vaccines and lockdowns and masks, and now all the gender stuff, they're on the wrong side of everything and they lie about everything. Uh, Rumble, if you're a creator out there, whatever you do, you're a politics guy, you're a, you're a freaking unboxer, you're a gamer, whatever, they will not threaten to strike it. Don't break the laws of the United States, you're good to go on Rumble. So anyway, that's a little commercial for that. But people have had it. People really have had it. And again, there is pushback. And that's why I keep encouraging you guys, whatever you can do in your life to push back a little bit more, it starts bubbling up and other people start pushing back. Here's a really beautiful uh, video by Megyn Kelly. Now, Megyn Kelly, who, you know, I adore Megyn Kelly, obviously, and we've, we've done many shows together over the years and everything else. Uh, Megyn Kelly not only talks the talk, but she walks the walk. Megyn Kelly lived in New York City during COVID and all of the woke lunacy that we have experienced over the last couple of years, her kids' school went insanely woke, pushing the gender stuff on all on her children. She has three, three relatively young children, and she got up and left. She did what I did. I moved across the country. She left the state of New York, uh, and she has just had it with not only the wokesters, but the big tech people who are in cahoots with them to silence us. I dare you. I dare you to deplatform me, Apple. I dare you. I will rain hell down on you. For a woman speaking up for girls and for her fellow women and our rights to be safe and to have our spaces, I dare you. I will unleash hell on that company. I will actually lead protests in the street. I will go to the outside of Apple headquarters. They cannot do it. They can't. They will live to regret. I will make them a Bud Light if they try to shut down these conversations because we are finding our voices and we're getting help from men. Right? Matt Walsh has been amazing. All the guys at Daily Wire and so many others. And the, the, the audience, I mean, people are figuring it out right now after girl after girl gets hurt, woman after woman gets hurt, loses money, loses safety, loses something. So I don't think that, they're, that they can do that. I really don't. I don't. She means it. She means it. I know Megan well enough. She's not just saying it. She will do it. So that is the challenge. If you're, if you're a YouTube employee and you're watching this right now and you're not happy because I said this or that or because we've titled our videos one way or another or everything else, you know, one of the things is, and, and one of the reasons that I'm always encouraging you guys to move over to Rumble is because the more of you that move over to Rumble, the less important YouTube will be, right? Like that's the key part of this. Every, people are like, well, why, why do you do anything on YouTube then? And it's like, well, there's still, there is still a discovery element of YouTube. It just is. But I want to make sure that if today, if today was the day, and don't think it couldn't happen. Remember they, remember, they took Trump off all the platforms on one day. So don't think it couldn't happen. Don't think the powers that be uh, couldn't just all sit down in a room 
and say, you know what, today's the day. Let's take out the Daily Wire channel on YouTube. Let's take out Ruben. Let's take out Megyn Kelly. Let's take out Crowder. And let's take out, you know, five other people. Let's just take them all out. Bongino's already gone from YouTube altogether, right? So it could happen at any moment. And that's literally why I started Locals. So please, even if you don't want to throw a couple of dollars in, if you want to just join so that we can always directly contact you, because I can send push notifications out to you, rubenreport.locals.com. It's absolutely free to join and be part of the community. If you want to engage a little bit more, it's a couple bucks a month. Anyway, that, that's all that. But the point is there, there are alternatives and we have to just, we have to keep finding the alternatives. And again, it's alternatives, whether it's alternative tech platforms or if it's alternative schools for your kids or if it's alternative states that you have to live in, if they are coming to your door or plan to come to your door. And again, your son is now a girl and the state's gonna take him away. You gotta move, you gotta find an alternative. And we have that in America. So right to bring it right home from where we started full circle, what did I say? Freedom is the answer to all of this stuff. Mark Cuban has one feeling on woke. Kevin O'Leary has another. Obviously, I agree with Kevin O'Leary, but they're both exercising their freedom in America and the market will decide who is right. YouTube is exercising its feelings. Rumble's exercising its feelings. You, whether you still live in Cali or you've moved to Florida, are exercising your feelings. The experiment is going on and that is a freaking beautiful thing. I think we have one more quote actually from Mark Cuban that uh, Phoenix has given me on the fly here. Uh, this is from Cuban himself. Most CEOs have enough experience to know, uh, to just wait out the news cycle until they go to the next one. Since Bud Light's apparent partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney was revealed in April, the company has seen a 23% nine decrease in sales on a dollar basis compared to a year ago. Now I'm reading the article, obviously. Uh, Fox Business also reported that Anheuser-Busch owned brands sales fell by 25.25% uh, in the past four weeks alone. The target corporation's market cap also lost billions of dollars since the company began displaying the LGBTQ plus and Pride Month advertisements and products, including tuck-friendly women's swimsuits. They're not women's swimsuits, they're men's swimsuits. On Friday, Fox Business reported that Target stock fell by roughly 3.1% and uh, within the last five days and approximately 18.5% in the last month. So that's it, guys. That really is it. The proof is in the pudding. There are other places to buy bathing suits than Target. There are other beers to buy than Bud Light. Uh, there are other companies to support that aren't owned by Mark Cuban and there's other basketball teams to like other than the Dallas Mavericks and everything else. You have a chance to fix this. It will help uncensor us. It will help right the ship. And God damn it, I'm going to right this ship. Uh, wait, I was gonna go into Mario voice. So please join us. We're gonna be on the post game show. It's uh, Ruben Report at locals.com. We will be there in about 30 seconds. We'll leave you with the call to close. Luigi, what are you doing to Bowser? Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.